What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. This is Real Reality Realness with Brian K. James, the podcast where I, your host, Brian, interview figures in music, reality TV, and pop culture about their lives, their perspectives, and their platforms. Join me five days a week as I get to know some of my favorite people through their points of view and their journeys to their personal greatness. Lock in while I clock in, because we are about to get into it. Alrighty, welcome and welcome back to the show. This is Real Reality Realness. I am Brian K. James, and I put the mess in the message. I am so excited to have this person on the show today. They are an entrepreneur, philanthropist, podcast host, you name it, and I cannot wait to get to know them better. Ladies, gentlemen, and every gender or lack thereof in between, join me in welcoming to the show, Samantha Tredelius. Hello, hello. How are you? Did did I pronounce your last name correctly? You did great. You did perfect. Yes, it's it's a mouthful. I know. I've been practicing for two days now. I'm like, I have to get this last name. It's really funny because people will sit there and they'll they'll do so many different things. My most favorite was when I was on my honeymoon. They were calling us Mister and Mrs. Tridiculous, and I was like, I'm good. We're gonna keep. We're gonna go with that. We're sign the paperwork. It's done. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm actually in uh, on the East Coast today, which is nice and sunny. Uh, my normal digs are is in San Francisco area, which is rainy and cold, so I can't uh, I can't complain. I love that. Now, on a scale of one to ten, how happy are you today? I would say I'm like a solid eight and a half. Nice. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's great. I operate on a, on a happy scale most of the time. I'm a pretty happy person in general. Um, but yeah, I've I've been uh, dealing with some home remodeling and you know just business nonsense. So today I'm I'll give it I'll deduct two points for just the chaos of reality. That is awesome. I love I love perpetual optimism. That's great. You, you gotta be right. I'm working on it. Yeah, you know, I'm figuring it out. Reading the book. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. What are you most looking forward to from 2023? You know, I just, uh, it's kind of interesting. So every year, you know, you wake up and it's like January 1st and you're like, I'm going to do all the things, right? I've got all these goals, these aspirations and things. This year for me was about just kind of hitting pause and being available for what's to come. So for me, 2023 is just kind of being, it's about being available. And that was kind of like my thing I was most looking forward to because for so many years, I was so regimented with life and schedule, which I mean, let's be honest, I still am, but it's a little bit more about my choosing of where I wanna spend my time versus things I have to spend my time doing. Absolutely, that makes perfect sense. (laughs) I mean, it took me a long time to get there. And by no means do I have it all figured out because I do not. 
absolutely. I I don't know if we'll ever have it fi figured out because things are constantly evolving and falling apart. Right? And then all of a sudden there's a global pandemic and you're like, okay. Uh, okay. Culturally, sure. Why not? Yeah, <laughs> sure. This makes sense. I mean, just, I think just being available and open to things is, I guess, what I'm most looking forward to. I love that. What did you leave? What did you look most forward to leaving behind in 2022? Uh, God, I had a lot of like weird energy. Like, just I don't know if we could swear on here. Absolutely. I had some like just crazy shit going on in my life that I was really looking forward to, just like not dealing with it anymore. Um, there was just some like crazy business stuff and just kind of some weird relationships and things that were going on that just were not like serving anymore, and so kind of just relinquishing all the noise was kind of what I walked into 23 with. Mm, I love that. That's oh, genius. Cause I don't think, <laughs> I had, I figured that out around February 3rd. <laughs> so I'm catching up to you a little bit. So for the people who don't know, introduce yourself to my audience and let us know who is Samantha Trudelius. Samantha is a woman that wears many hats. So I've spent 25 years in the insurance business, which is like not the most sexy or glamorous industry of all, let's be honest. Um, I started uh, teaching insurance classes when I was like 17 for my family's business and then ended up opening my own insurance agency right when I graduated college with my dad and then ended up meeting my husband and together we took off and like started this amazing, great company, uh, Commercial Coverage, which we sell uh, commercial insurance for pro mainly property owners, um, investment assets, that kind of stuff. And, you know, run a business, you know, dealt with employees, hired, fired, smiled, dialed. I've done it all, right? Wrote, wrote the checks, cashed the checks, all, all of it. And then because that wasn't enough, I decided to form a nonprofit in 2020, uh, let's see, 2015. I filled out papers, 2016, received my 501c3 status. So I have an organization that I run called the Sparkle Foundation, which is a 100% volunteer, um, ran and operated, uh, organization that serves single moms and kids throughout California. So we have efforts in the Bay Area, LA, Sacramento, and uh, we were in the Inland Empire that chapters kind of fizzled. So I'm hoping to kind of branch out maybe San Diego this year. I don't know. And then um, because that wasn't enough, right? Just adding more. I uh, started a podcast in 2020 just because I was at home uh, not being able to see anybody with my girlfriend. We started Inspired which is telling the stories of just the mainstream gal doing big time things. And it's deemed grown up girl talk where we just interview women that are moving the needle in their different industries or you know whether they're activists, creators, makers, et cetera, and just sharing their stories. So we just hit our 100th and I think 20th episode. And uh, you know we really don't know what we're doing, but we're having a good time doing it. So we're just gonna keep doing it. So that's me. And I got two kids. I got two kids. I got two girls. They're 10 and 12 and they're insane. Yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. Love that. I can't wait to dive into all of this. So before we do, let's go back just a little bit. Where are you from? Uh, I grew up in Thousand Oaks, California. So down south, uh, Southern California. Nice. And how has your hometown influenced the woman you are today? 
Well, you know, I don't know. Uh, it was a great place to grow up. Lots of great people. Um, kind of a fun, safe, you know, close enough to the beach, close enough to Hollywood. You got a, you got all the things. Um, but I'll tell you this, when I got to be about 18, I couldn't wait to get out and spread those wings. And uh, so I did, I moved, I moved to the valley, which was like a big, a big girl move, right? And then from there moved to San Francisco. So I think, I think the hometown of Thousand Oaks and my parents still live there. I go there, you know, lots of times a year. I still love it. It's a great place to grow up, but it was also a great place to bounce the trampoline and, and get out there and see what else the world had to offer. Nice. What were your dreams growing up? I knew I wanted to be somebody, do something. I um, I was always a girl that had, you know, aspects and aspirations of grandiose things. I couldn't say I wanted to be a doctor or a lawyer or attorney or an insurance agency owner. I mean, come on. None of those things were really ever in the back of my mind, but I did, as I developed, I knew I wanted to make a difference in the world. And so that's kind of, you know, where the sparkle stuff came in. The insurance part of it, uh, was something I just, I did grow up in. So that made sense to me. And it was a way that I could make a living and a good one at it. So I kind of went down that path. But to say, I, I, I guess to answer the question, I, I always just wanted to make an impact. And I, I you know, didn't really know what that meant as, as a young woman, but developed it as I grew. Nice. Now you said that at 17, you started teaching insurance classes. What? How did all of this come about? Is this like, like the, like the family business, or how did insurance come into play for your life? Yes. Yeah, so dad was uh, like a life insurance guy. That was his job. My mom was an RN in the operating room at the hospital, and they ended up buying this business um, in I think 1994. Um, and it was basically a pre-licensing school for insurance. So if you wanted to get your license to sell insurance in California, as you still do, you need to do so many state mandated hours. And so we had the business that did that. And, you know, we would have anywhere from a hundred to, you know, 200 people in a class at a time. Cause back in the day, like there was no online learning. It was in house in person. So one day I was working in the office as I did often. The teacher didn't show up for to teach and there was like a hundred people sitting in this room looking to get educated because they had to be there and like no teacher so i knew that that's what put food on the family's table and i'd heard enough when they would be in there teaching like i'd, I'd hear them talk all the time so i just grabbed a book and walked in like hey guys i'm here and that's how i started and so i did that for two or three hours until somebody figured their shit out and got to work and <laughs> and that was it. Like, I realized I enjoyed it. I got to know a little bit about it and ended up putting myself, you know, through college, just teaching classes and traveled all over California doing pre-licensing and also continuing education for the insurance industry. And I still teach. I'm still very involved in the business. My family still has the business. Um, so when they need me, I'm there, there to plug in. And now I've got all these years of experience behind me where before I was literally flying off the seat of my pants. Like I had no idea what I was talking about. Now I, you know, walk the walk and talk the talk. So it's a different conversation now, but yeah, that's how it started. Nice. That is so cool that it's just like kind of fell into your lap and kind of like became a passion. You're like the best nepotism baby ever. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> that is so cool. So talk to me about the 
the development of, uh, of your own company and what, after all of your experience doing the stuff that you've done, kind of made you decide to go deeper into that field and, you know, create your own space in that world? Yeah, so when I was 23, I graduated college and my father was involved in an insurance agency. And I was like, okay, mom and dad aren't ready to retire from the school. And there was too many chiefs in the kitchen. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll just go down this, like start selling insurance. So I um, opened up this agency with my dad and he was the life and health background. And I knew how to sell, you know, auto and home insurance. And so that's how I started. It was with him. And then, uh, you know, I was doing that for like three or four years and writing like small commercial and like getting to know people's businesses and stuff like that. And then met my husband. So my husband had just started commercial coverage. Like it was him and his gateway computer in his basement. And he was like totally flexing. Like he was just this like big, you know, business owner dude. And like, I was like, dude, it's just you and your computer. <laughs> So we met, it's almost been like 18 years that we've been together. So right when um, he started was right when we met. And so together, I mean, obviously our relationship progressed. I had, somebody had to move. So I packed my bags, I moved to San Francisco. I didn't know anybody or anything. And, but I knew him and I knew I could sell insurance. And so we kind of took off running and I learned a lot from him. Um, but then also really kind of you know, learned my craft and got better as it year after year and really kind of always gravitated towards women owned businesses and small businesses that then, you know, like a lot of my clients I've had for 20 years. So they've grown, we've all grown up together and it's been a really fun journey. Um, and it's been really cool to kind of become more evolved in the industry and be able to add like a different business acumen as I've, you know, gotten more grown up, if you will. Um, but yeah, that's kind of just like where it is and how it's gone. And I'm still active in the insurance world, not as active as I used to be, um, but definitely I still sell insurance. I was just on the phone with a client before this call, you know, doing doing the work, trying to get, yeah. I, I, I've been, I've been doing all kinds of interesting entertainment, you know, insurance and like, I've got crazy vineyards and houses and just all, my, my book of business is very all over the place, which kind of keeps it exciting. I love that, that's so cool. Now, besides keeping it in the family, what do you think is the key to your success in insurance? You gotta keep going because it's really easy to stop. Uh, and I remember when I used to do a lot of the training, one out of 10 insurance, you know, wannabe professionals would be successful because it's that hard. And it's a lot harder now than it used to be to be in the industry uh, because there is so much competition. Everything's online now. Um, it's, it's just a different landscape and the market's really challenging. Like if you don't know what you're doing or have the relationships that you could pick up a phone and negotiate terms or, you know, get, get a carrier to do what you wanted to do, like, forget about it. It's not, it's not like it used to be where somebody was like super jazzed to help a sister out. Now they don't care like next. <laughs> so it's, it's one of those things like you just got to keep going. And also like, I think a lot of it was if I didn't know the answers, I wasn't afraid to ask and like go find somebody that could help me. And I think that really helped to um, kind of get me to another, each different level as, as I've gotten a little older in the industry. Okay, okay, nice. So what did you learn from building this company that you now apply to all of your endeavors going forward? Well, I've learned to be patient. <laughs> uh, 
I have learned that things are not always going to go the way you want them to. And when you stumble or when you fall or like if I lose a client or I lose a deal or I wasn't, you know, quick enough or didn't have the, the swag, if you will, and somebody else beat me to the chase, like to not let it discourage me to figure out like and learn from each failure as to I always equate it to like my tiger stripes. So anytime something didn't go my way or, you know, it, it didn't pan out the way I wanted it to, it was just another like, okay, I'm going to take the step and I'm going to get on top of it and go to the next one and realize that you just, you know, you have to keep going. You really just have to keep going. Absolutely. Bad. Oh, you, you always end these answers with a gem. I love that. That's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) So out of all of that, what then, like, talk to me about, or, or, or describe for me the moment that that light bulb went off for you to start this the the sparkle foundation what was that moment like i remember it well so i had started when i was you know doing my insurance with my dad 2003 i was 23. i you know realized i wanted to do something and here i was this young woman with not a lot of money but the money that i did have i really wanted it to be going towards the things that were important and so i started gifting single moms christmas and it kind of just snowballed and snowballed and snowballed. So year after year after year, the program grew and grew and grew. And I remember I had 17 families that I had taken on that I'd gotten from all different places um, in the community, whether it was uh, working with adoptive family or churches or whoever, like whoever could give us the families that we knew needed help. Those were the families we took on. So I had 17 families. I had raised $37,000, just little old me, just like, hey, I need socks, I need shoes, I need crayons, I need bicycles. And if they couldn't provide the goods, they'd provide the money and I'd go buy the goods. Um, I had women wrapping gifts in my bathtub. I had wrapping gifts all over my house. And somebody says to me, I remember that day, like explicitly, Uh, why don't you have your own nonprofit? Like you could do so much more. And I thought, listen, listen, I have a job. I have two kids. I am not looking for something else to do. This is nuts. And um, then I got to think it after everybody left, I was sitting there and I was like, well, you know, if it meant we could do more, reach more and have a bigger footprint, then maybe it made sense. And so it was like that literally that weekend that I decided, okay, I'm going to like see if this is something that I can do. And I figured out how to fill out all the paperwork. I figured out what you needed to do to form a nonprofit because that's like its own animal within its own right. Um, And then I really, I really found the areas I suck at, like accounting and like all these different areas that I'm just not great at. And I surrounded myself and built a board of women that were better in those areas where I was weak. And that was really, I think, what has put us in the position that we're in seven years later, is all these amazing women working together, doing what we do. Wow, that is so inspiring. Well, and speaking of, we'll we'll, we'll get to the podcast in a minute. Um, what do you think has been the most report? the most rewarding part of creating this nonprofit for you? I think the most rewarding part of it is obviously what we're doing is pretty impactful and effective. So that's awesome within its own right. But 
what we're able to allow other people to do for other people, if that makes sense. So not only are we gifting and giving to those, but it's also the people that are now able to do something that maybe wanted to be involved, didn't know how to be involved. And, you know, writing a check is super easy, but like actually showing up to wrap gifts and go deliver them to a single mom, that's that's a whole nother level of impact. Absolutely. So I think the most rewarding part for me is allowing that space to be created for others to be able to give back to their communities. And it might be stuffing backpacks in our back to school drive. It might be, you know, micro our micro loan program. And it might be a woman who is a mentor and mentoring a single mom that's like starting her business or needs some footing in this, you know, business world. Um, so I think all those things, just providing those opportunities is super rewarding for me. Nice. That is a perfect segue. How, what, like, what was the moment that you felt the need to expand this into an entirely separate property, Sparkle Biz? Like how, like how did that department or deviation of the Sparkle Foundation come into play? So it's actually super funny. It's as with everything for me, it's like the most random ridiculousness. So I was, I was sitting there having a foot massage <laughs> at one of those foot massage places. And I sat straight up and I go, oh my God, I got it. So what I always wanted to do was be able to bring my sparkle, you know, Samantha and my business Samantha and be able to fuse the two. And so I was really always struggling with how can we create a program that would be able to do that? And then I started thinking, well, what about loans? What about single moms that are starting their businesses? Like this could be super badass if we could create a way to fund them in a way that they wouldn't traditionally be able to get money. So, you know, normally when you need a loan and it's even harder now than it's ever been, you gotta go to the bank, you gotta do the things if your credit sucks or if you don't have any asset, like it, it's hard. And then yeah. let's say you did get the money and your payments are eight, $900 a month and the interest rate's bananas. So I was thinking, how could we be different in a sense to where we weren't gonna go through the crazy nutso underwriting and we were gonna provide an interest only, or I'm sorry, interest free solution um, to these women because just handing out money, there's no skin in the game. And we know that as business owners, if someone just hands you a check for $5,000 and it's like, good luck, you're not motivated to like really, I mean, great, thank you, but you're not necessarily always motivated to use that in the best way. But if you had to pay it back, and you had a team of women that were behind you watching you along the way, um, what a great thing. So that's really where it came from. And I built the program out. I had this idea. I pitched it to like a hundred people. Half of them said I was out of my mind. The other half of them was like, okay, we, we, we want to know more. And then about 30 of them stuck by my side and we built out this whole thing from understanding lending laws to what was the intake process going to be like? What was the payment process? What was the contract going to look like? Like there was a lot of moving parts. And finally, 2020, we were like ready to launch and then COVID hit. So it just stalled, pumped the brakes on anything. And I couldn't go fundraise and I couldn't launch the program. And I was so upset. I remember being so deflated and it was my uh, 40th birthday in October of 20. And I said, okay, you know what I want for my birthday? I want to fund, I want to start this program. So I started a Facebook fundraiser that was 40 for my 40th birthday. And it was basically asking people, give me $40 so that I can start this fund. And I raised 15,000 bucks. And that's how Sparkle Biz got started. 
and away we went and we started uh our, we funded our first loan in 2021 and it's almost paid back it'll be paid back i think at the end of june and then we'll be ready to do it again that is so cool it's super awesome it's it's so fun wow what do you think has been the most impactful story you and your foundation have heard or have participated in? Okay, this one just happened and it was crazy. Oh. This young, sorry, I just ate ice cream. No, you're fine. <laughs> this young 14 year old girl emailed me and she says, um, she heard about us and she loves to dance and dancing is her life and her mother can no longer afford to pay for her dance classes. And she's seeing her her dreams of becoming a professional dancer diminishing. And so I've never been approached by like a young kid, first of all, who had the balls to send me an email about dance classes. So I was like, this is crazy. So yeah. normally I would run it by my board and, you know, because we do these uh, scholarships for kids. And this time I just picked up the phone and I called the dance studio because she had mentioned where she danced. And I started talking to the owner. I told her who I was. I told her what had come through. I asked her what she knew about the student. And she was like, this little girl is amazing. And her mother's just fallen on such hard times. And, you know, the dance classes were like six, five or 600 bucks a month. Like it was really expensive. And I said, well, you know, how do we keep this little girl dancing? And she says, well, I'm willing to cut my fee in half if, you know, you're willing to pay half and then maybe we can have the student, you know, help out around the studio a little bit. So I said, okay, let me talk to this little girl and see if this will fly. And then let me talk to the mom and see if this is cool with the mom. Cause obviously the mom's got to get her there. She's a minor. Right. So the kid calls me back, you know, we have this chat and I said, have your mom call me. Well, I didn't hear from the mom and I didn't hear from the mom and I didn't hear from the mom until about three, four weeks later, the mom calls me. And you could tell like she was, it took a lot for her to call me. And it was a very like tough conversation for her to have. And within yeah. a few minutes, I could hear in her voice, just the exhale of like, wow, we were gonna be able to keep this kid dancing and we were here to help and there was no strings attached and nobody was shaming anybody. And before we got off the phone, she said that she had heard about our foundation from another parent who was being told about us. And the young girl overheard the conversation and it was like two years ago. And that's how she found out about us. And my heart just like stopped for her to, for this little person to remember, you know, sparkle what we did. And it was amazing. So anyways, I cut the check. We put her through for uh, three months to start. And then uh, we made an agreement that we would check back in um, after three months and see if mom, you know, was in a better position or if we still needed to fund more. But it was just such a really cool working together situation. But then also like getting to put, you know, a voice with, with the impact that we were having. It was, it was just, it was, it was awesome. Wow. Yeah. That, that is insanely beautiful. It was good that stuff. And can you imagine like if this little girl, I mean, she could grow up and be a world-class, you know, dancer and to be able to say like, you know, not that we had a hand in it, but like, my gosh, like we kept her in that program. I mean, that is, I think yeah. a great story. Well, I mean, y'all had a check in it. That means something. <laughs> <laughs> y'all may not be out there doing choreography, but, but right? But <laughs> no, it's good. It's good stuff. It feels good to do good. So beautiful. Now, how did all of that come together to inspire you to watch to launch Inspired Her? 
Well, uh, I am only the woman I am because of all the wonderful women around me. Let's start with that. So I have the privilege of having some pretty badass girlfriends that are amazing. And they do amazing things in their lives and in, you know, at work, at home, all over. And so I really wanted to highlight their stories. And during, you know, the pandemic, we were all sitting home like bored and like, you know, woe is me. And I'm like, no, man, let, let's let's talk about it. So we just, my girlfriend Stacy and I were like, hey, let's just record a podcast. Like, we don't know what we're doing. And so we started interviewing our friends and that's kind of how it started and sharing their stories. And then of course it has evolved into over 130 interviews so far. And we've just entered our third season. We have no idea what we're doing. Um, and it's fun and it's loose and it's, you know, like this, it's just like, let's have a conversation. I mean, we've met so many awesome activists and makers, creators, service providers, like boss babes, um, underscore, you know, doctors, lawyers, it's, it's all the above. So it's just basically a platform for those that might not necessarily always have a voice to share their story. What's been the most impactful conversation that you've had on your show so far? We've had a couple really good ones. So we had one, and I just mentioned this in another chat I was having uh, with the Moms Demand Action gal. So it was after the, the Yavaldi like situation, what last year with these mass shootings and like how it's kind of like everyone just puts their head in the sand or, you know, unless there's something going on, nobody's talking about these major issues. And so that conversation was like more about like, hey, me, little old me can make a difference and here's how. So we brought in, you know, these women that are incredible sharing the story of, of ways to be impactful all across America, which was cool. Um, we've also talked to, you know, women that are in industries that serve other women. So one of our great interviews was with a plastic surgeon who focuses on breast cancer reconstruction and like bringing that back after like a body mutilation, essentially. Um, so those were really interesting and fun. I mean, some of the um, service, per, like the estate planning, you know, just the, the financial planning attorneys, like those are, you know, interesting too, because it's, there's a lot of stuff that like women don't talk about or choose not to un be knowledgeable about. And it's like, this is 2023. Let's like know how to like balance our bank account and like write a check and know where our money's at and stopping stupid. You need to be able to take care of yourself essentially. So those conversations I really enjoy too, but they're all, I mean, they're all awesome. And, and the coolest part is like, everybody's business nobody is who they are easily like everything has come in a weird meandering path and i think that's part of the journey of our lives which is great to hear absolutely that is brilliant who inspires you my mom my Aww. grandma my grandma was my inspiration for sparkle she was a single mom in the 50s so she you know really kind of always like I see my, I I have my bird magic, okay? Like we all have our weird stuff. So I see this hawk. My hawk is my 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 Gigi, always around me. It inspires me to continue on and help people. My mom is my rock, you know? She's my best friend. I talk to her every day, all day. So she kind of keeps me in line. And then my, my daughters really inspire me too because I feel like they're the next gen. And if we're not pushing their needle forward so that they can have a better narrative and hopefully have a better life, especially as, as females, 
um, you know, that, that keeps me going very much. Absolutely. So with that being said, or in that line of thinking, where do you want these platforms to ultimately take you? And where do you see yourself focusing in on in the next five to 10 years? That's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> I think, you know, insurance is insurance and that is something that I'll always do and be good at. It's just kind of the business me. Um, inspired, I was actually just on a call earlier today with somebody talking about, you know, taking the podcast and, and doing some bigger things with it. If that was, you know, something I was interested in. Sparkle, my dream high in the sky is to have sparkle everywhere. Like every major city should have a sparkle because there's single moms everywhere and there are people everywhere that want to give back and do good. Um, so, I, you know, in 10 years, I hope to have 50 sparkle chapters. Right now I got three. I got a lot of work to do. Wow. <laughs> well, it's only just beginning. I'm sure you're, 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 you're I'm sure that you're going to have way, way more than that in the next five to 10 years. I'm sure. I hope so. Absolutely. <laughs> what do you think is the one piece of advice that you could give any woman in business? Like if you could have your Kim Kardashian moment <laughs> I got you. You to, to women in business, would you tell them to get, to, to get their fucking ass up and work? No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, I, I would. No. <laughs> no, you know what it is? It's super simple. Surround yourself with people that are smarter than you because you will learn so much from them and them you. And women, especially, like we like to help each other. Like it's just in our nature to like help a sister out. And so, you know, granted, there are those women who are not helpful, but those are not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the the real deal business girls that, hey, if I have a question about accounting software or marketing or podcast or whatever, like I know I can just reach out and there's gonna be somebody out there that's gonna help me. So I think my best piece of advice and something that really helped propel me all these years is just surrounding myself with women and people that are smarter than me. Wow, I love that. I have to go find me some smart people to hang around. See, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. What do you think is more relatable to you? Fear of success or fear of failure? Uh, God, I think probably the fear of failure, I guess. But then at the same time, like you gotta fail to be successful. So I think they both are kind of hand in hand. And then what does success mean? So success can mean many different things in many different parts of you. So whether it's in business, like insurance, like success is obviously like dollars and dollars in my pocket, where <laughs> for Sparkle, success for me is lives served, not money raised. It's how many lives can I serve? Um, so they're very different things. And I think that they both can be, you know, failure and success are like the angel and the devil, right? They balance yeah. each other off because I cannot say that I am the woman I am today had I not failed a lot, you know? You gotta fail. Absolutely. I don't think we have any other choice. It's like, you know, if nobody, like if you never failed, then, oh, that's scary. But like so many people don't talk about it. You know, like, oh, well, you know, like, like as if, poof, you just became super successful. And no, even like the unicorn success stories, like they had a lot of failure before they got there. It's just one of those things that like, it's not, 
really fun and exciting to talk about. Yeah, I think that, you know, what's the saying? Um, it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. Seriously. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure that those 10 years were filled with a lot of trial and error. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been doing the, spark, the Sparkle stuff. I mean, I've been doing it for 20 years, seven as an actual legit nonprofit, for but 20 years in, in the throes of it. And I can tell you so many times, like I'd bite off more than I could chew or, I didn't have the right process or, you know, it was more than it was not manageable. Or you get like people around you that are not around you for the right reasons and they get their ego and you're just like, hold on a second. Like we're trying to do good stuff and like, you're not a nice person. You know, there's been so many things I've had to learn and, and overcome over the years, but it, it shapes me. And now, I mean, I come at it from such a different place where things that maybe would really bother me 10 years ago, I'm like, it's cool. Like it's all manageable. Like we can, we can do it. Um, and so I think, you know, it's you, the failure part of things or the stressful part of things, the challenges they say are, are really what make us who we are. 10 million percent, 10 million percent. Ooh, that's the name of this episode. Our challenges we are. Yes. That is so brilliant. Oh, yes, that was a word. I needed that one. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything that you would like to share with my audience and I that I didn't cover over the course of our conversation? No, I think we kind of got it all. Just that we're going to be ready to fund. Uh, I don't know when this will air, but we'll be looking for single moms that either want to start or grow their business uh, for a second round of funding. And we'll open up the program. I think I might open it June 1st. It's kind of feeling what I want. So um, that's something, and you can apply online at sparklebiz.org. And it's just simply a click of the button, tell us your story, send us a little video about you, who you are, what you're doing. And um, yeah, that's kind of the big push right now. Nice. This will be out the very beginning of May. I think either May 3rd, if... If May 3rd is a Friday, it'll be out May 3rd. If not, it'll be out like the 6th, which is that Monday. Yeah, perfect. So good timing. Timing, since she'll, be since she'll be gearing up for June. That's perfect. I love it. I love that. My last question for you before I release you back into the wild. Um, <laughs> where can the people find you, the nonprofits, the podcast, and just all of the things that you'd like to promote? I made it really easy. SamanthaTredelius.com. You can find the podcast. You can find my S list. So I also have a little bit of a blog, which is just kind of a labor of love where I celebrate three lady brands every month, which are products made by women for women. Uh, I don't get paid to talk about them. They're just like cool things I, I love. Um, and then I also, I, we didn't talk about, I wrote a book, which is, you know, something else to throw in there. I know. Um, I basically took 40 women in my life and I wrote kind of a, a love letter to every single one of them about their impact on me and their impact on this world. And my book, of course, is called Impact, the story of change makers. And uh, you can pick it up there as well. And there's also a link to Sparkle and Sparkle Biz, all of it right there. So brilliant. Wow. Well, on that note, children, that has been our show. Wow, I appreciate every single one of you guys for tuning in to help me to facilitate this conversation. 
But I want to extend an extra, extra special thank you to my guest, Samantha Tredelius, for blessing the podcast today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's been such an honor. Of course. I am so inspired. This was really fun. Come back anytime. Be careful. I might show up again. I'll be waiting. Listen, my DMs are open. My my email is open. You 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 let me know when, and I'm there. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. <laughs> For sure. Now, with that being said, I want to remind all of you guys out there to be real, stay in reality, and always, always bring the realness. I am Brian K. James. This has been Real Reality Realness. And until next time, I love every single one of you guys from the bottom of my green heart emoji. <laughs> Keep the mess in the message, be useful but not used, and misbehave yourselves. Peace. Bye, guys. What's going on, everybody? Brian K. James here, and I'm so excited to let you know that this podcast is being brought to you in part by Outlander Media Network. Outlander's mission is to bring you the most exclusive alternative content from across the web, from the farthest reaches invading your space. We appreciate every single one of you guys for tuning in and never want you to forget to embrace your inner Outlander. I am Brian K. James, and this is Real Reality Realness.